Good morning, everyone. Master Phil here with Make America Fit Again. And uh, today, we're going to be delving into something a little bit different. My experience on the show, Knife or Death. Well, the season, the long-awaited, shall we say, season three of History's Forge and Fire Knife or Death announcement has been made that the premiere for season three will occur on Thursday, August 29th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, I don't have any more details yet, but uh, from what I have seen, there will be two episodes the first night. Uh, the first episode will be military only, all military personnel or former military personnel competing in the challenge. And then after that will be another episode. All the gear that I had when we filmed last year said episode two on it. So I might be in that episode or I might be the following week. Uh, I will not know until a week before. So we're just going to have to stay tuned and uh, watch the History Channel and look at my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds to uh, see when uh, when I will be making my run. So I want to roll back a little bit and talk about my knife experience. Uh, my grandfather you know, taught me a, a great deal, uh, Cosmo. He was my uh, mother's dad, and we actually uh, lived with them a number of years when I was a kid until we moved um, to our own house. And then I used to spend a great deal of time with him anyway. And, uh, you know, he's the one who introduced me to boxing and uh, got me into skipping rope and so forth. And he uh, taught me a lot about fishing, skinning eels and catching crabs and all that stuff. And he always had a knife on him and told me he always, it's always good to have a knife on you. And I'll tell you to this day, uh, I wear my knife. And uh, if I don't have it on, I feel naked. I use my knife all the time. Um, you know, it's also got a, a, a part on it, a little nub that I can break a window. It's also got a serrated edge so I can cut myself out of a seatbelt in case of a car accident. Uh, you know, it's a very practical tool and uh, I keep it with me at all times. It, you know, it's tough when you're traveling, though, because you go to an airport and you, you can't wear that stuff. They frown upon that generally uh, going through airports. Um, so anyway... My whole knife experience, I would say, started with my grandfather, and he actually uh, started me throwing knives a little bit, taught me uh, some of the techniques, and um, I carried them forward. So I do quite a bit of blade work. Um, I'm basically trained in, in several systems that use edged weapons. Um, Bondo is, is one of them. And that's probably the most uh, prevalent system that I use for my sword technique. And it's actually a short sword called a kukri, um, categorized in the uh, machete uh, group. And uh, basically a kukri is the preferred sidearm of the uh, warriors of Nepal. And these guys are called the Gurkhas. 
and the Gurkhas are extremely tough, extremely disciplined, uh, very rugged, very skilled soldiers, and they were the imperial guard um, to the queen, and they carried the kukri. Now, the kukri, a standard kukri, is about a pound, and you know they vary in length. Uh, most of them have a five to six inch handle, and then they'll have a you know eight to ten inch blade. I'm you know I'm a little bit stronger, so I have a, a bigger one. I don't have the I don't generally use the smaller kukri. I use the bigger one on the you know again the larger side, but it's about a pound, and um, it's quite a great weapon. Um, you know, the Burmese used it in their uh, fighting against the Japanese imperialists um, when they were invaded back in World War II. And, um, you know, that, that's for another podcast. But I just want to give you my background on that, that I, I did and still do train quite extensively with a kukri. And I have been trained with a kukri since 1981. Um, I also worked in the Combato Defendu or, um, you know, the Fairburn Sykes system. And I also have several Fairburn Sykes knives, uh, Rex Applegate and Colonel Fairburn. They were, um, they were famous for the trench warfare that, uh, was used and developed during World War II and World War I, uh, by our GIs. So it was used for our GIs in, in their trench warfare and, I you know, also have a K-bar like that knife too. That's used by our U.S. Marines, and also the choice of weapon for the Mossad. Um, those are the basic fighting knives I use, and the system that I was trained in for that particular type of blade is the uh, Fairburn Sykes system, and uh, you know, of course, our Rex Applegate um, uh, with the Combato Defendu uh, system of a. Uh, combat jiu-jitsu and i've been training in that in that vein since i'd say 86 87 a little little fuzzy there but when i actually started but it was uh you know toward the later half of the 80s and um, i also trained in the filipino arts um you know kali eskrima and uh you know we also had uh you know the bali song you know the flipping single hand single open knife. Uh, and I had that, I started using that in 82 when my instructor, Pat Finley had met, um, Guru Dan Inosanto, who's Bruce Lee's training partner. <clears throat> and then we adopted this training into our system. So, um, you know, nice varied, diverse background of, um, blade edge weaponry training that that really works. So <clears throat> the kukri was a uh, was developed from a sword carried by Alexander the Great called the konus. The konus, however, was larger than the kukri. One, the Greeks were bigger than the um, people of India, and plus they were on horseback. I just had to get a sip of coffee, and. Uh, so the, the sword was was bigger. So they, they shrunk it down for um, for their use. Uh, you know the uh, the people of Nepal, the warriors of Nepal, shrunk it down a little bit. It was a little better for them to use for the jungle warfare. Um, so 
Now, so let's roll back to how I got on the show Knife or Death. So what happened was, that was my buddy's calling, it, calling in. So what happened was, uh, I'm a big fan of the History Channel. I love watching those shows. I love watching Discovery Channel, the Animal Planet, all that kind of stuff. I'd rather watch that than most of the stupid news shows anyway. So we're, we're you know, big fans of uh, Forge and Fire. God, I just love that show. I, I, it amazes me how someone can take a piece of inert metal and create this this beautiful weapon from history, uh, you know, with it. Uh, uh, you know, it's just a skill I do not possess and uh, probably never will, but I admire it and I appreciate it greatly. I actually have greater appreciation of people who can do things that I can't do than for people who can do things that I can do. So, so uh, we watch the show and then they said, that, yeah, there's knife and death and, and Goldberg was the uh, main host. And then uh, two lamb was on it. And then Travis Wirtz, who was uh forge of fire champion a few times. He was um, the blade tester in the, in the show. So, um, so we go, uh, so I'm watching this with my wife and I'm like, yeah, I can't wait for that to happen. So they have it and I watch the first one. I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. So next week, episode two is on. I'm watching that. And I turn to my wife and I say, you know what? I go, I'm better than these guys. I should be on this show. So I'll tell you, I put that out into the universe and as God is my witness, as I'm sitting here, the next day. I received an email from the History Channel asking me if I would consider going on the Knife or Death contest. I'm like, yeah, I think so. So the whole process started there. A um, couple things I had to get in order. One was I had to find someone to make me a knife. Um, though I had plenty of kukris, I just didn't think that um, my kukri would uh, be able to handle the, uh, the the tasks on the show. I mean, they have some wild stuff. You have to have uh, a very, very sharp edge, yet it has to be a robust blade enough to um, withstand chopping through wood or plastic or metal or who knows what they were going to throw at you. Um, and I saw guys failing miserably. Um, you know, one, their blade wasn't right for it. Two, the blades got dull. Three, they <clears throat> they crapped out. Their technique was faulty, um, and their endurance was not good. I guess that's four and five. And then also, sometimes these blades just snapped. You know, blades broke. So I looked at my kukri, and I said, you know what? I need something bigger. I remember that one of my students, Eric Steven, had um, come to me a couple of years prior and said, you know, if I ever need a custom knife, you know, his his dad's. His roommate's father um, owns a company called Baron Blades and, uh, you know, the Blade Baron, Aldo Bruno, and he makes custom knives and so forth. So I'm like, yeah, now, I, I had a couple of custom knives and some Bud Neely had some from another guy down in uh, Pakistan, had some stuff that was made for me. Um, so I, I didn't really need one at the time, but I said, you know what, this is perfect. This guy's right over here in Hawthorne, New Jersey. He's known around the world for his blades. So I set an appointment with him and went in to see him. We hit it off immediately. Just uh, just hit it off immediately. And um, so we designed 
what I what I call the King Kukri. This Kukri is uh, 80 CRV 20 steel. Um, it has an acorn edge on it, and it's two pounds three ounces. It's a hog, six inch handle, 15 inch blade. This thing is a pure monster. Um, it was made directly to fit my hand exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, it feels so good in my hand. Uh, it's just, uh, I've done some amazing things with it. So we designed it and then started making it. Um, and then we had to test it and I was hacking through four by four and six by six railroad ties like nothing and not even getting any glinting or rolling on the edge no obviously no chips or brakes either i mean this thing is is just amazing blade um but also now in the interim i had to go through a ridiculous background check to get on the show i mean you know i had to go through uh, all of my um uh, legal situations. If I had, uh, you know, if I had a, a criminal record or anything like that. And then we also, uh, had to, I even had to pull up my divorce decree from 2001 to make sure I was divorced. I didn't have any liens against me, anything else. It was crazy. I mean, God, I feel like they went up my behind with a microscope and, uh, I mean, paperwork after paperwork, it, it literally took months. One document was 17 pages long. And that's just one of the documents. So I had to go through all of that. You know, I had to send in all of the stuff uh, about legal, my background, blah, 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 blah. Not only that, but I also had to go through about six interviews um, with the casting agents and then the next person, next person, next person, and producers, assistant producers. And, um, then I also had to send video. So I had to have video of me doing my stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, they were actually going to use a lot of my own stuff, uh, on the B roll when they do my background for the show, which is going to be pretty cool. I'm, 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 I'm really excited to see what, what they put together. I'll tell you, um, uh, you know, it was treated like first class when we finally got, got through all this and, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. So then I get approved. It's all good. And, and believe me, this took a while to do. This whole process started in April of 2017. And uh, it got wrapped up finally. Finally got wrapped up in July. And a lot of, go a lot of going back and forth. I saved most of the documents just, you know, just for the heck of it so I could... I could look at them someday, but, um, I do have all that information that the, uh, and then I had to sign an NDA contract. So I can't tell you what happened in the show, but I can tell you, you definitely want to watch it. It was, uh, it was an awesome experience. So, um, I can't wait for it. To, I mean, I hope on the first night, if not, it'll you know, most likely be the second one. But, uh, again, as I said before, I will know more. And when I know more, I will relay this to the audience. So they gave us first class tickets. Oh, I'm sorry. Prior to that, we had to, um, ship our, our weapons down a week before, cause they want to check everything out. Um, so yeah, it was really funny because I didn't actually get to practice with my weapon as much as I wanted to. Okay. 
what happened was when we, we went to make the sheath for it, we wanted to get a custom sheath made. And, you know, my, my guys make the knives. They don't make the sheaths. Um, and the guy said, oh, yeah, we have it done right away. Uh, it took him almost six weeks to make the sheath. And so I was without my blade for six weeks. And it was getting down to time where I had to get, where, you know, had to get a lot of practice in with it. But, um, you know, I practiced with my smaller cookeries. But, you know, they just didn't quite give the same result as one you know, twice the size and five inches longer. So, or twice the weight and five inches longer. So anyway, um, you know, I, I set up a little course at my studio. I built a, um, I built a pole coming out of the ground, you know, poured cement, uh, six foot pole, uh, made an L on it. And then they, uh, drilled a hole in, uh, in the end and I threaded cable in there so I could hang things off of that. So I've, uh, hung chickens off of it, uh, you know, uh, ropes, you know, so we had to cut through, uh, I saw some of the, the, um, challenges were cutting through a dangling rope. Um, so I get, uh, you know, inch thick hemp rope, inch and a half and two inch. So I'd be prepared for anything. Uh, I had rubber hoses hanging from there. Um, I cut water bottles. Um, I cut fruit, I cut chicken, um, you know, I was going to be prepared for anything. I also built a, a, a little uh, little setup where I roll a tennis ball in through the uh, tube and it comes out and I chop the tennis ball in half, uh, practicing the eye-hand coordination with being able to hit something right in the center. I, you know, I just want to be prepared for anything because I had never done any blade sport. I mean, there were guys that were in my heat that were world champions and one of them was a seven-time world champion. And uh, I was going against them. And I mean, in this sport, I'm a rank amateur. Yes. Am I very competent, competent and confident with my blade? Absolutely. But I never competed in this, in this arena before. And there are definite, um, there's a definite learning curve and um, adaptation of technique. Look, there's a difference between, you know, using a, uh, a blade in the air and using it against something or against someone. So, you know, you want to know how it's, how it's, how it's going to re react, but you know, I'm lucky in the respect that we actually did. Uh, the, my training had me cutting actual objects. Okay. And also, um, my other training in preparation for using a kukri was a, um, a short stick. So the, uh, in Bondo, a short stick, is the predecessor of a kukri, as in the uh, Filipino martial arts, the escrima stick is the uh, is the predecessor to using a machete. So I had experience going against objects. Matter of fact, one of the training, uh, one of my my training drills I did was uh, I have a big uh, big tires, and I took my axe handle or actually sledgehammer handle. And I would strike on the tires, you know, hitting at different angles uh, to, to get my strength. And also what I do is um, I have a garbage can. I turn that over and I hit logs off of it with my short stick to, again, to uh, get my power and know how the body and the weapon's going to react when it goes against a solid object. Again, you have to train against solid objects. You have to cut stuff because when you go and cut something or God forbid, you have to cut someone, 
you know what? It's the body reacts differently. And the weapon, you have to be able to handle how this weapon is going to react when you hit something. Okay. So I did all this did all this training on my own. I watched videos. I talked to people um, and I got myself ready. Uh, again, I've been a not, I'd never done any of this blade sports stuff before, but I was really psyched to do it and very confident in my technique and my athletic ability and my power and speed, which I use all of them. And you'll see that. So we go out to, uh, to Atlanta for filming and they flow, fly us out first class. And they said, don't talk to anybody else in the show. I, you know, so I'm like, I don't want to talk to my competitors anyway. I'm in my zone. You know, these guys are in my way of winning a championship. And, uh, you know, I have no need to be friendly. But they did that because they didn't, they want us to save our discovery for, um, for when we actually uh, meet each other on camera, which was kind of cool. And I'll tell you, what, what a bunch of great guys. You know, most of the guys, I'm, I'm in touch with most of them currently. And uh, all, all really good guys. So, uh, you know, we go through the competition, and it was crazy. Uh, uh, you know, Atlanta had had some uh, big storms, and there were blackouts and power outages and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, um, you know we had to stop filming and, and start up again and... Uh, I hope I'm not in violation of my NDA by saying this, but um, it was uh, it was quite an ordeal. It was very, very hot. So, you know, the thing is that when you see some people, you might see some people, you know, having difficulty. Like if you watch season two, some people just, you know, cracked out in the middle of the, in the middle or some even in the beginning of their run. But it was extremely hot there. Plus you're under the lights. Plus, you're wearing a vest, and also, you know what? You're anxious, man. You're nervous. You're you're adrenaline. You're pumping, and it was it was such a rush. I'll tell you, I I hope that they invite me back because I would definitely do this again. Um, you know, if you look at uh, one of the season two, there was um, this female. She was a um, marathon runner, so she was kind of scoffing at the fact. Oh yeah, pff, I'm in great shape. I run marathons. Da 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 da. I'm gonna blow through this. It's gonna be no big deal for me. Um, I think she crapped out on the second or third challenge. That's because it's different. You know, when you're you're using a totally different uh, energy system for something like uh, you know a knife or death competition where you're where you're sprinting and then resting. You know, you're going a hundred percent and then you're doing nothing. A hundred percent doing nothing. You know, when you're doing a marathon or you're doing that type of endurance training, you're using different energy systems and you're you're running steady state you know, maybe 60, 65% um, for X amount of time, but you're not going all out and then having to recover all out having to recover. Um, and in addition to that, now you're using more muscles, muscular endurance than you are when you're running. So um, she crapped out, man. You know, and, uh, but, you know Hey, look, she, she was prepared she was actually ill-prepared. Um, I'm sure her endurance is great, but not for this. You know, it's, it's a totally different experience. So uh, this 
this knife or death on History Channel, you know, Forge and Fire, Knife or Death, Season 3, I will be featured on it. Um, in addition to uh, the episode I'm featured on, I am, uh, I'm also on the promos. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was invited with uh, two other uh, contestants to uh, film uh, the promos for it. So when you see, if you see someone's hand there cutting through a flying pineapple, that's me. You see someone cutting a flying octopus in half, that's me. You see someone cutting five watermelons in half, that's me. And I also come charging out with my sword and do a couple other things. But it's uh, it was pretty cool. That was another cool experience. As well as shooting the Blades Giving Marathon, that was a lot of fun. And that was actually a big thrill for me, too. I, I was invited to, uh, to uh, film the Blades Giving Marathon with um with will willis and uh doug markaida and uh you know uh the other hosts of uh forge and fire which was it, it was a it was, it was quite a great experience so i hope you guys get a chance to watch the forge and fire knife or death season three on history and you'll get to see me master phil showing my blade-wielding skills against some of the top guys in the world. Remember, train hard, train often, make America fit again. Master Phil signing off. Strength and honor. <laughs>